Hello, everybody. Um, a bit of a uh, a bit of a departure today because I am on my own. Sad face. Adam is not here, but he's busy being a Valentine. Him and Amy are away doing something. I don't know what they're doing, but uh, yeah. So it's just me. But I am delighted to be joined by my wonderful friend and and teacher and and all that, uh, Mister Alan Costco. Hello, Alan. Hello, Chris. How are you doing? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Yeah, yeah. Good. Uh, I. How were your gigs? You were away. Though you were playing with Martin Kershaw, is that right? Yeah, I was playing with Martin uh, last week. We just did uh, two gigs. It was one in Aberdeen at the Blue Lamp. Oh yeah. And uh, the Jazz Bar. In Edinburgh. Oh, cool. Uh, was that playing Martin's music? It was. Yeah, yeah. So it was. Um, it's you know musically it was quite a, a departure from what I'd been doing previously, so mm-hmm. it was uh, you know just to get my, my head into that was was, <sighs> was good fun. Yeah, I think Martin can be quite out. It's it's really it can be the, the music can be really really beautiful and can be really really <laughs> terrifying at times yeah. as well. <laughs> I think I remember if I remember rightly, he's got a song called Slowly Dying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's some interesting titles in there. Um, yeah. But you were playing with I think it was a Callum. Gurley playing bass with you uh, on that one. Uh, was it Callum? Who was on? Who was on bass? I can't even remember. It was uh, Andrew Robb, great oh, young bass player. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's actually just moved to Glasgow. Oh, has he? Yeah, yeah. Oh, amazing, fantastic player. Yeah, yeah. Really good. The jazz scene's kind of weirdly connected like that, isn't it? Everybody kind of knows everybody. Yeah, yes. Yeah, um, it seems to be that a lot of players that once sort of migrated to Edinburgh are now sort of really basing moving all the, like, over to Glasgow now, which right. is quite interesting. How is the scene these days? Um, you know, I, in some ways I feel kind of connected to it. In some ways I'm maybe not so much connected to it as mm-hmm. I once was. But, mm-hmm. you know, as far as I can tell, it's, it's it, it seems like there's a lot of, you know, there there is a lot of fantastic young players like creating sort of jam sessions and, and, and gigs mm-hmm. for themselves to perform. Um so and then there's a, you know a lot of kind of cross pollination between the, the the young players in terms of the music they create and and, yeah. and you know all playing in each other's bands, which is is beautiful. Yeah, it seems to me anyway. I'm, I'm very much an outsider of it these days, but it's quite forward thinking. Yeah, a lot yeah. of the music's quite uh, progressive and and it's it's not very dusty. Like it's not that dusty old jazz thing that some people I think th- can think it. Yeah, could yeah, be. Yeah. Some amazing young drummers, man. That's fantastic. <coughs> yeah, it's, um, Graham Costello seems to be. Yeah, he's great. He's fantastic. Climbing yeah, the ladder, uh, and as a composer as well, he's, yeah. he's he's really writing some fantastic stuff from from what I hear. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, and, and there's there's no no shortage of great young players coming up. So it's, it's was great. it um, a tough scene for you to break into, or was it one you ended up in naturally? Um, that's, that's a good question, actually. But um, I think I was kind of um, for me getting getting involved in the scene. Sort of uh, I, initially when I left uni, um, I certainly knew a lot of the young players mm-hmm. of, of my era, uh, and we would play a lot together around town. Just mm-hmm. you know, the, in pubs like Blackfriars and mm-hmm. stuff in Glasgow, and you know, for thirty quid gigs and yeah. stuff. And, um, so there, there was a period when I left. I, I sort of joined. Well, I got. I, I, I did a gig with a Celtic rock band called Wolfstone for uh, a few years. Um, so that that was that was a, a great thing for me to leave uni straight away and, and just basically have a, a, a job uh-huh. as a musician. So in between that, I, I, you know, I was trying as, as best I can to uh, as best as I could to to get involved in, in the jazz scene and. You know, it's like anything. I was playing, playing with your peers, and so. It, but it took it took a little while, I think, in that respect to to mm-hmm. to, to get uh, involved. But maybe by the time I, I was maybe like twenty three, mm-hmm. twenty four, th- th- you know, things started to open up for me in, in that in right. that regard. Uh-huh. Um, I guess really, for for me, um, once I started doing stuff with you know with. Uh, Tommy uh-huh. Smith and uh, the, the jazz orchestra. I, I I did sort of see a difference in in sort of people's perception, right. al- almost. If, yeah, if that's the best way to explain it. Um, Phone starts ringing more. It, it did, and it sort of uh, I just noticed it seemed to be, you know, yeah, just more more people seem to call when that when that yeah. when that happens, you know. So. Um, 
uh, apologies if this is the wrong word to use, but it seems like in some respects Tommy's kind of a mentor. Yeah, I would, I would definitely agree with that. <coughs> I think that's that's probably the best word to to use. And um, you know, he's he's always been a kind of you know strong musical figure in, in my life. I, I, I first met him when I hadn't long started playing really when I was about thirteen. Um, and I kind of got to know him a little bit over, mm-hmm. over the years, but never, I didn't see him for a long time. But uh, but all of a sudden, I, I sort of started, you know, he, he was appearing at a couple of gigs that I was doing and, and whatnot, and I ended up sort of just covering for a couple mm-hmm. of things for the SNGO. And, but yeah, as, as a mentor, you know, I've, you know in terms of a, a musical force, you know, he's, he's really quite incredible mm-hmm. in terms of work ethic and, tr- and trying to get better, uh, and trying to just always improve as a, a musician, um, and yeah, you know, he's, he, he, I mean, he's up there for a reason. Do you yeah, know what I mean? for sure. Definitely, yeah. I would agree. Do you think having a mentor's an important thing for a young musician? Because I don't know that it's something that's really talked about much, especially in the jazz scene. Yeah, I mean, I know people in the musical theatre world that talk about it a lot, and that's quite, you know, that's quite a normal thing yeah. in that scene. But I don't know that it's as big in the jazz scene or the pop scene. Yeah, I, I mean, I can I can only speak for myself, really, but I know I've had like sort of several figures in my life that musically that have really uh, them being there has really sort of you know made me want to strive to get better as a musician mm-hmm. and you know indeed as a as a person as well. So I think I think it is really good that um, you know I find myself at this stage in in my career, if you want to call it that, but that. You know, I, I sort of work with a lot of younger musicians now mm-hmm. in terms of teaching and whatnot. And, you know, I, I feel it's my role to try and be as honest as I can with them about yeah. what, what the reality is <laughs> out there, yeah. you know, and and sort of try and be as honest as I can with, with them and, and trying to help them achieve their, you know, mu- drumming ambitions, musical yeah. ambitions. But are, and also what I find is actually... As as I work with students a lot more, they want to talk about more than that. They want to talk about you know, you know, the psychological aspects of oh this happened in a rehearsal mm-hmm. or this or you know, uh, what what do you think of this situation? Yeah. Is you know that all that kind of stuff. So it's uh, you know I feel it's it's really important to try and be as honest as you can to to, mm-hmm. to help them with mm-hmm. with what you've experienced. And yeah, I would agree. I, I mean, I certainly remember we would have a lot of chat like that through yeah. lessons at college you know it, I mean some lessons could be just that yeah sure yeah not necessarily absolutely. touching a, a drum yeah absolutely um, because I think depending on where you are in your life that might be what's actually more important yeah I, yeah absolutely I totally it kind of I had uh, <coughs> a friend of mine would take lessons with uh, the amazing Terry Lynn Carrington oh, in, yeah. in Boston and he said that he found that he ended up just chatting for you know about you know she would chat about experiences with I don't know like Herbie Hancock yeah, or whatever yeah. just whoever she's played with and he he just he walked out those lessons feeling you know like you know uplifted uh, yeah. and like, ready to sort of deal with situations and whatnot so yeah. that kind of really hit home with me you know just in terms of but of course we have we in, it is important to knuckle down and sort of Aye, get, oh yeah, for right, sure you know, so. Aye, I mean so, like some of those things that we worked on are still majorly relevant every time I sit behind the drums you oh, know man. well it was a pleasure to work uh, with yourself Chris and, yeah. I remember things I, I was thinking about this recently there's quite a correlation I've been doing uh, jiu-jitsu for like 18 months now right okay yeah and there's a correlation a lot between music and that people want to learn the tricks yeah but I remember you would force us on super fundamentals which is like key pretty much everything yeah 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 and it's like you don't tell you come out and you find yourself in that situation where you need them you oh okay yeah, yeah i get yeah. it now i get why we weren't doing that and why we were learning just to make the stick do all the work yeah 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 absolutely um you know f- f- for me it's like even even now uh, regardless if i play a, a complicated piece of music or a play a, a you know like a drum solo and a weird time signature or whatever uh, but Ultimately, it all it, for me, it comes down to you know the the, the basics at all levels, like yeah. where you know just trying to have the best sound you can, the best time you can, yeah, uh, and you know just be as succinct as you can be as as a player, you know. Yeah. So. Do you have to check back in with that stuff a lot? Um, yeah, I mean, I, 
I do. I sort of. I do go back to just, you know, I've, I've certain ways where you know I'll practice a certain thing, like the, you know, just the basic tier system of, of say you practice like a double stroke roll, and then as as quavers, then quaver triplets, mm -hmm. then semi quavers. I kind of apply that to, to to most things. So that's something that I started doing when I was a kid and. I still apply that to right. pretty much anything that I do with yeah. a metronome as well. And, right. Yeah. And yeah, and I'm still, you know, I'm still trying to get better at playing in time, <laughs> <laughs> and 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 you know, working on you know areas that I'm not so comfortable with. And, sure. and so it's yeah, so it's always going back to the basics for me. But that said, I'm kind of getting a little bit more into sort of you know, you know, writing things down and trying to be mathematical about things. But right. then go away and try and just be musical about it yeah, as well. Yeah. If that makes sense though. I, I it totally does. I it's a it's a perfect distinction between the two. Um you have always been one to sort of um I want to say keep it in the family. So what I mean by that is like the people that you choose to play things are always have been always really strong friendships in your life or something, you know, like the guys that play in your band and that yeah. kind of thing. Was that something you developed or, or, or were these relationships things like you you made at college with those people that you like guys like Paul Tindro you were played you've played with Paul for years now yeah 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 is was that something that you took from college or is it just how, a theme that's always been sort of relevant to you well I, I think it's uh, you know it really stems from you know um, like I guess my dad really right. because like, and uh, he he always had like when he he was the sort of MD like in the, the Gaty Theatre in Ayr mm -hmm. when, when I was a kid, he always had musicians that um, A, he thought were, you know, really great players that could mm -hmm. do the job, but he but he said most importantly for, for that situation certainly that they had to be guys that he could get on with, you mm -hmm. know, and would be respectful, but, you know, as uh, for him to be the boss and whatnot, yeah. but, uh, but ultimately would be there, just be there for, uh, have a good laugh, but get the job done yeah. well, you know, and so it's it's one of these situations that you know it's it's really I've seen it since I was really really young mm -hmm. so um and yeah and I guess with with regard my my own band it's, that's definitely the case you know it's yeah. uh there definitely has to be this social element for me where, where um you know for instance like you know David Dunsmuir the guitarist mm -hmm. I, I've known him since pretty much I was I think when I just started playing, you know, when I was right. thirteen, because he was he was uh, brought up in Cumnock, just outside there, um, and he was brought in like the the main band at the school. Um, their guitarist left. I, I mean, I wasn't. It was a, a fantastic musician called Ross Cooney that uh, played <coughs> drums in that band. But um, they brought uh, basically David got re recommended to play with that band to replace him, uh -huh. and uh, you know I heard a demo of him recording. This this solo on it when he when he must have been only thirteen fourteen uh -huh. at the time, um, and I just remember I couldn't believe what I was hearing. <laughs> and actually, my, my my drum teacher at the time, who actually recommended them to about for this band, sort of said, "Well, he, he plays drums better than you as well." <laughs> <laughs> so why does that not surprise yeah, you? Yeah, he's, he's just a, a, an incredible musician. So yeah, and I, that, so I, I've known Davy since then, and. Um, we we eventually I started doing sort of you know club gigs with him mm -hmm. and and um, so he was just always this ph phenomenal talent mm -hmm. so so yeah I mean to cut a long story short yeah you know when it it just seemed like perfect sense to have like Davy involved it, when we first started doing it, it was actually a trio with uh, Ross Hamilton on, on oh, bass yeah. um, and Davy had never really played any, well if you I don't know if you want to call the music I write jazz or whatever you want to call it but. The, it, he hadn't really played in that vein, but right. I knew that he he would be fantastic, and he just, you know, took to like a, a duck yeah. to water, and um, but yeah, yeah. So and he, yeah. So he's 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 just really, yeah, just really blossomed as a, as yeah, a musician. Yeah, he's really yeah. fantastic. And with with Colin Cunningham, the bass player, yeah, he's he's another close friend. We mm -hmm. did we did lots of tours with uh, Wolfstone, mm -hmm. so we know each other inside out, and right. it's just uh, you know we can talk to each other. All, Openly and honestly about stuff musically and right. and otherwise and and Steve Hamilton the the, the great uh, piano player yeah we've been friends he's been 
I think actually when I think about it, he was really key to me getting kind of involved with a, a lot of things, you know, right. the, musically. So it's I, I feel like I, I owe him quite a lot. Uh-huh. Actually, he's he's been really helpful um, right. and just a phenomenal guy. Yeah, 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 he is. Yeah. Do you think it it well obviously it does, but how do you think it makes the music better that you write? Well, yeah, I, I think from from. I don't know. I can only speak for myself. I don't don't know how the other guys think about it, but I I, I try my best not like to create a feeling of I, I really want. Oh, okay, this might be a kind of tricky tune to play, mm-hmm. but I'd rather we take risks over it mm-hmm. than uh, and and fail and we'll find the, we'll find the one again somehow. <laughs> do you know what I mean? And uh, than than play completely safe, which. Yeah. You know, I have been I've been guilty of, and I, I know I've seen it with other musicians at, at points. You know, mm-hmm. where it's let's just keep it as safe as we can, just to hold it together. Whereas, you know, I think there's that element of trust between between us all, where, you know, I, because of that sort of you know friendship, uh-huh. uh, that there is that element where, you know, people are willing to sort of just go. I'm just going to try this, and if it, uh-huh. it goes wrong, it goes wrong. But usually, it goes right with, yeah. with those guys. You know, it's yeah, quite, kind of almost like they have your back. Absolutely, they've saved me on countless <laughs> occasions. <laughs> it's, it's funny because it makes it feel like a band. Yeah, and I, yeah, I, I yeah. know that sounds kind of arbitrary, but there's a lot of jazz music, if you like, is just kind of not. I don't want to say cobbled together. The band is cobbled together, but that, f- but that's what it feels like at times yeah. to me. That yeah. oh, I've, I've heard this guy's great. We'll get him. I've heard this guy's great. We'll get him, and mm. we'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah. And absolutely. inevitably, it's not as good as it could be. Yeah, I, I know what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, I, I, a lot of times I've, you know, find myself turning up, well, I have in the past, you know, uh, turned up to gigs and it's it's been a situation of, right, just read read the charts down uh, a couple hours before you actually play the mm-hmm. gig and it's billed as a band sort of thing and mm-hmm. sometimes I, I have felt like it's just, it's not really a band, is it? I don't, no. I don't, I don't really know how to explain that, but uh, but that said, there is, there is power to that as well, you know, it, some, sometimes the, you know, just turning up and playing with people you've never played with before can be equally as magical as well yeah, yeah, you know right, it, it, yeah. it can be i have experienced that for sure you know um and uh, but that said I, I really like the situation of of having a, a you know getting together for a rehearsal for six hours like a band does uh, you know and like before <clears throat> you know like a month before a gig and then doing this doing the same thing again just to try and work on let the music evolve of, of its own accord yeah. to a certain extent and let the voices sort of merge in a, yeah in a it feels like it's a, th- a thing that's common in other uh, styles like rock music you know I think I was reading or listening to Antonio Sanchez talk about it he's like right. a lot of jazz musicians could learn from going to see a band like Kiss oh yeah because yeah. what a show you get yeah and the camaraderie and how tight the music is and how tight the band are together yeah. and uh, you know whereas some jazz musicians are like cracking in jokes on the stage and they have their band to the back to the audience and yeah that there's no real performance element yeah. to it that, that i think rock music or pop music or whatever could really teach these guys sure yeah yeah but i think when your band certainly it always feels like there's a show and you're all together yeah well it's definitely you know, we're, we're, we definitely try and have, you know, have fun, yeah. mo- most importantly. I think that's one of the re- uh, you know, it's putting this this unit together and uh, it's ultimately, I, I want everybody to have a good time. If we're having a good time on stage, then hopefully that, that really translates yeah, across sure. to, you know, what, you know, her, her, uh, a friend of mine sort of explained this, you should feel like your living room that you're playing to, you know, oh, like, okay, you know yeah. what I mean? It's yeah. that, that kind of yeah. make everyone That's feel comfortable cool. and yeah, have, yeah. have 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 fun. Um, so yeah, and, and actually just talking about the, like Conrad Vishnevsky's been doing some gigs with us. Oh, lovely. and he's rubbish, uh, eh? Ah, he's terrible. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, well, Come on, get it together, son. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, no, and and just the the element of. You know, not not only like, his phenomenal playing that he brings to the situation, mm-hmm. but just in terms of like the energy yeah. uh, right on the stage, it's like it really gives everyone a boost. For and, sure. And it, so, uh, but yes, yeah, no, it's, it's it's hugely important. Mm-hmm. That I, you know, uh, the 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 goal is that uh, for me anyway is that regardless of whether you're a musician or not, if you're if you're at 
one of our gigs, I really want you to connect with mm. us in some way. I don't want you to feel alienated. I, right. want, you, I yeah. want you to feel part of it. Yeah, yeah, know, for sure. Part of the band. So there was what nine years between records. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. How did you change as a composer? Because I think there's. This is again going to sound. I, I don't mean this to sound like it does, but there's a real maturity in the new record. Mm-hmm. That it's like everything's just kind of settled. Like the first album's amazing, but there's Thanks. there's very very different. It's, you're, it's, you, I feel like you're just happy to play grooves and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think with with this album. Well, with, certainly with the first one, you know, it was it was all very kind of new to me in terms of like trying to right. really, you know, being confident enough to actually air my compositions yeah. to, to or tunes to, to anybody, you know. So, but I think there was an element of me with that where I was trying to, I, I deliberately so I was trying to sort of show different stylistic, mm-hmm. you know, facets that I like to, to to play, whether it be like a, you know. A, uh, on the title track, po- uh, Poinciana Groove, you mm-hmm. know, and uh, like Vernal Fournier, and mm-hmm. um, and then something in seven, and something yeah. in five, and uh, and you know, like the, what, one of the tunes, Oh Dear, that I wrote for it, and I, st- I still really enjoy playing that. Um, is it goes between f- like five, four, and nine, eight, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but the only reason I did that is I wrote that tune is because I couldn't play in five and I couldn't play in nine. So <laughs> I was like, I thought, right, if I, if I write something, then you know it's gonna it's gonna really help me. Yeah. So there was a lot of elements to that. Right. It's cert- certainly with the the writing <coughs> aspect that was to try and help me grow as a as a not as a not only as a composer but as a player, uh-huh. you know. So and I think that's it, you know it's quite a broad spectrum stylistic stylistically. I think on on the first album. Um, but which I'm really super proud of, you know. I'm really oh, glad, sure. glad, yeah. I, glad I did it, you know. Um, but with this one, I, I kind of, you, you know, I'm a, a really, I, I, it's, it's a big thing for me to try and be as musically honest as, as I can be right. you know, when I when I play or or write. Um, so with this one, I, I just sort of set about, you know, just being well, what do I, what do I actually really like here? What yeah. do I, and so some compositions, I thought, nah, I'm not being, I'm not being honest enough here. So ev- everything that's on there, from from my point of view, is really coming from mm. an honest place. And I think mm. it's, and uh, really thinking about that. There's actually some, you know, uh, chord chordal connections to tracks in the previous album. You know, oh, yeah, uh, okay. uh, and there's links. Th- there's basically three points in the album where I play that. Uh, you know, we have. A similar chord sequence, just as a little quote type thing oh, right. throughout the course of the, al- the album. So there's all there's lots of little things that I've kind of the intention certainly has been to 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 try and sort of make it more like a I don't want it well, maybe maybe a movie I guess mm-hmm. could be where mm-hmm. you know it has a collection of, of of moods where it's like you know the 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 hopeful start <laughs> at the beginning the, you know what I mean yeah, the, yeah. The, or the 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 the, the sort of the the low period, the triumphant period, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah, all, yeah. That, all that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, that that was certainly the, the goal with it, for it to be, you know, kind of a story, really. Right. Um, so I, th- I think I, I knew that when I was sort of, you know, wanting to put it together, that that, that was kind of what the goal was. So, so yeah. would you, when you were writing tunes then, did you write them with that thought process in mind or did you just write and then decide which order they went in based on their tone? Yeah, it was... It's kind of all of the above, really. It's, it, yeah, do you know what <laughs> yeah, I mean? It's, it's, yeah. For some, the, the, there was an element of, of thinking of it as an enti- a thing in its entirety, but then there was maybe tunes that I, I didn't, I didn't write with with any intention other than just seeing seeing what comes mm-hmm. out and and like found that it maybe you know it just really worked with it. Right. Um, um, so yeah, it's it's a tough one because like, one one of the, the the opening track on it. Um, I actually started writing that, and and just after I'd finished uh, re- released the, the first album, right. Rose Yoon, uh, the, the track Ser- uh, Serenity, uh-huh. um, and 
but you know, it's it's. I really didn't finish writing that though until you know just before we recorded it, basically. Oh, so okay, so well. it, was, it was one of those. So it, you see what I mean? It's like yeah. it's all really mismatched. But some of it was a lot of it was written on the lead up to the process of doing it as well. Right. Do, do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, so, yeah. so there's there's elements and and the song. Uh, we were young. Uh-huh. Um, the Eddie uh, sings on the, the, that was kind of written maybe 2010 as well so oh, wow, okay. so there's a couple of elements that uh-huh. were you know from you know that, that I'd, I'd written a while before you know so that's almost how they're connected then because they're still within that yeah, process yeah, of the first def- record definitely right. so but it's but then it's it's kind of got that side of thinking about the yeah the, kind of all the, the picture of moods basically yeah yeah so, for yeah. sure um it was it's quite unique as well in that there's um on for what is the, for the most part an instrumental record there's actual vocals songs yeah, as well with yeah. that have been sung um, was that a conscious choice to write lyrics and write union like at these points I'm going to have people sing these or was it just well yeah, it felt right it happened and yeah because um, it's an unusual thing for me to like there's, there's it's not unusual to have lyrics in jazz music that's not what I mean sure sure no, I know what you're saying yeah yeah um, yeah I, I, you know I probably you know uh, well, when, I, when I think you know about myself as a musician. I mean, I talked about the first album, sort of saying I'm showcasing all the different sort of styles and mm-hmm. stuff that I like. Uh, I, I I think I did that less so in 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 this case, except from the point of view that you know I I, I love working with singers right. as well. Do you know Do you know uh-huh. what I mean? Mm-hmm. So and uh, I love getting the opportunity to do it mm-hmm. and good ones, uh, especially my wife's a singer, so I hundred uh, percent agree. Fantastic you know? singer, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, it, it was my intention to actually have songs on it, you right, know, and, right. and uh, I, initially I actually approached other people to write the lyrics for it because, I, you know, I don't, I don't really yeah. feel like I'm, yeah. you know, I, don't, I wouldn't really rate myself as a lyricist, um, but, you know, when push came to shove, I, I kind of had no choice but to, to, right. to do that uh-huh. in the end, you know, um, and yeah, it was, it, you know, just the, the, the vocalist that I managed to get, I was really... Again, it's another thing of I, I really feel I have to have a, uh, you know, when you're talking about the family thing, like yeah. uh, Rachel Lightbody for me is just she's just a sweetheart of a yeah. girl, yeah, she and she can really sing, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, y- you know, it's there's that element of I really wanted to try and showcase her, mm-hmm. you know, and I was, uh, you know, in my own small way, you yeah, know what yeah, I mean? For sure, and, right? yeah. um, and I thought she she sang beautifully yeah, on it. She's really yeah, really great, she's and, <laughs> and um, at, at the time I was doing some. Where, where my, uh, Eddie Reader came in. I was doing some recording for her mm-hmm. at the time, uh, and like, she came in and just nailed it as right. well. She was just fantastic, um, and just you know s- somebody that I've worked with off, off and on for you yeah. know, quite a few years now. She's a legend, eh? Oh, she's great. Yeah. She's a legend of a person. Yeah. She's just brilliant. Yeah. Uh, she just you know uh, we did a gig with her with the big band just uh, you know a couple of weeks ago and. She just li- li- lifts the room, you know. Just amazing, <laughs> yeah, amazing. Yeah. Just really great fun, yeah. but really amazing as well. So, um, but yeah, she was great. She came in and just was like, you know, one or two takes. <coughs> that, that was that, you know. Um, then uh, an old friend of mine called Fraser Anderson, who lives down in uh, Bristol, uh, it's Bristol. Yeah, um, he he came, he flew up and actually oh, wow. to 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 record on the the track Two Stars in the Sky. Um, and he he did great. It was it was like we used his first take. Wow! And uh, you know he's got some voice, man. He's great. He's great. It makes me think of Paul Buchanan. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, he's his albums are fantastic, you right. know as well. And check him out. So I, I knew him from years ago because I worked with. Uh, well, they asked me to play in some recordings with him and the great great friend of mine now, Adam Bully, guitarist. Right. Uh, they had a band together writing some beautiful songs, you know. Uh-huh. Uh, so it was many moons ago that I recorded some stuff for them, um, but Adam actually plays on the album. When I think about it, he's on. He's oh, he, cool. play, he plays uh, some mandolin on, on oh, the okay. track, believe it or not. Uh, just uh, fantastic musician. But yeah, yeah. So I mean, the the song, you know, the songs were definitely you know is is a reflection of of who I am. Uh-huh. You know, I, I you know I love songs. You know, yeah, and yeah, I, yeah. I think as drummers, we that's one thing we we get to enjoy is the fact that we don't. You, you know, as well as working on sort of harmony side of things and all that stuff, as as, as you know, all musicians do, and, and uh, quite rightly so. It's, I think it's it's 
as drummers we can really appreciate just the value of like playing behind the song yeah. you know and I'd, hopefully that comes across the right way but you know what I mean yeah, yeah. for sure for sure I think um, you've also spent a lot of time in the folk world as well talking about Willstone and all that and, and that yeah. kind of world so I think there, there, there feels like that in the music as well there's this sort of you, you said cross pollination earlier I think there's a, yeah, yeah. a real thing with that um, did you steal anything from those worlds as well because um, well yeah I mean for for the uh, absolutely yeah I mean it's probably all stolen to be honest oh, but, my, <laughs> but um, yeah I, I, de- definitely you know I've been really fortunate you know some of the gigs I've been doing um, with like like Capper Cayley and, and Michael mm-hmm. McGoldrick and stuff over the mm-hmm. last sort you know they're, you know they're just little pockets here and they're not mm-hmm. you know they're, but they're, they're hugely you know and influential to, to me mm-hmm. you know and, and, and talking about Michael's his I don't know if it was his debut album I don't think no I don't think it was but this album that he recorded called uh, Fused right that was a that was you know I, I started doing the sort of Willstone gig and all that world kind of really I mean I'd done about a million Kayleys up to that <laughs> point but but you know that the, the world the sort of Celtic world really opened up to me is uh-huh. when I started doing the Bullstone thing and that album in, in particular was like hugely influential it was one of those ones that would you know it's like D'Angelo's voodoo to me oh, where right, I, okay. I had that on loop for right. about a year uh-huh. but it was like that with, with, with Fused as right. well like you know you know so there's definitely I've definitely you know taken elements yeah. of that for sure for yeah. sure you know um, switching gears a bit you're also the in-house tutor for the conservatoire yeah yeah um and you've been doing that since 2009 it, it must be yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. when it started eh? so yeah yeah um does having taught within that school for that length of time does that or the way you teach now influence the way you play and vice versa i think i think it's got to yeah i think i think it has mm-hmm. yeah um you know initially uh, when I first started doing it, I, I'll be honest, I was kind of reluctant because I, I, you know, oh, really? I, I just kind of slightly nervous about, I, you know, wasn't feeling quite ready to right. to, to, to do it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, in, in mm-hmm. a lot of ways, but you know, certainly you've tried my best, you know, at it. And but I feel, you know, I've I've definitely learned a lot from from, you know, trying to help the students and sort of how I see. You know, just sort of going right. Maybe you could try this. Maybe you could try that. Bloody blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. and and sort of going. But well, Al, maybe you could try that. <laughs> do, do you know what I mean? Yeah, that, yeah. that kind of that kind of thing. Um, so it's it's you know it's really. Uh, I, I I do you know after that uh, initial sort of you know slight nervousness or reluctant mm-hmm. you know side of things to to do it. Um, you know, get getting the real pleasure from seeing that you're actually helping somebody yeah. has has been really really rewarding and really you know actually uh, uh, I always felt with the teaching side of things that I'm not you know I'm not not going to do that until I feel I'm kind of qualified enough Uh to do that so it's been it's been a kind of good it's a good confidence booster in terms of me sort of going right no I can see that I'm actually helped this this young musician is actually growing Uh from from the odd bit of advice that I can offer uh, and 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 you know, whether that be technical, musical, or psychological, or yeah, you know, yeah. all that. Do you still teach actual classes? Uh, no, it's all at the moment. It's one to one, right? So, because I remember we used to, we would have used a tutor for uh, like original composition classes. We were playing. You know, we might be playing Tommy's music, or we might be playing. We would have a, a gig coming up where we would be playing uh, another lecturer's music, and you would often take us through that. Must have been quite. Um, quite a strange feeling to be guiding like an entire ensemble yeah yeah I mean it, it, it strikes me as quite stressful actually it was you know I, I loved working with you guys it was great in that in that regard um, yeah it, because I, I think I mean the way a, a lot of the times as a drummer you're you're kind of there to to you know you know, a, a you've got to know when to speak and b when not to speak as yeah. well. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. it's like you've kind of got to, you know, be really respectful and and, and recognise that you're there to offer a service to that that band leader or uh-huh. producer or whoever. Uh-huh. You know, so often you're kind of there as a, you know, supportive role type type thing. To uh-huh. so it, it was quite, 
it was doing that kind of thing it's almost like rehearsing your own band it's like oh all of a sudden i have to do all the the talking here and <laughs> yeah. sort of make suggestions and yeah. blah 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 etc etc et whereas you get to you make suggestions by sort of trying to when you're when you're you know being there as a drummer mm-hmm. trying to just support and make their music the way they want to make it and, yeah. and hopefully you can add your personality to that as well but yeah, uh, yeah for sure so it's um yeah, it was, it was a, a different thing to do that. But again, the way I sort of try and approach it is, you know, that, that uh, this is just from my point of view that that I feel might sure. help you. Uh, and uh, other people might have a different perspective. In fact, I know that can be often, it can often be the case, you know. Uh, so so it's like, you know, whenever I teach somebody, I'm, I'm sort of saying, look, this is coming from my point of view. Yeah. This is where I'm at at this given point in, in, yeah. in my musical uh, my musical journey yeah. <laughs> but you know uh, yeah. so it's that it's, <coughs> you know so it, yeah so I'm just again that honesty thing I'm just trying to approach it from that uh-huh. honest honest point of view and you know just use my ears and sort of go that this is what I feel mm-hmm. maybe, maybe this will help yeah. maybe it won't it's like almost outside perspective try, try yeah, 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 yeah for sure try, yeah. Um, so the, the it's no secret that the big band, this, this, the Alan plays for the Scottish National Jazz Orchestra, and you've held that chair for quite some time. There's some big guests come through, man. That's, yeah. There's some been really amazing uh, artists that that band have have played with. Yeah. Um, how do you navigate that as a player when they've they're trying to get a vision across to twenty people? Yeah. Yeah. Like you're not in a section in the same way. You don't have four other trumpets or three other trumpets that have your back. You're kind of, yeah, the hegen. Well, um, you know, it's. It, I mean, it's definitely playing with the band. Every every project that I've done with it has, you know, it's kind of been like a learning experience. Mm-hmm. Each one of them, you know, and mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, for for the most part, uh, the artists. Are, are super cool super right. super mm-hmm. lovely and mm-hmm. super you know and I've had some of the most amazing experiences yeah. that you know uh, you know with, with some of the artists that, that, have, that have came through um, uh, and, but then there's some that are maybe more demanding than others mm-hmm. in terms of what, what they want but you know it's it's one of those things I try Usually, I know who the artist is anyway, you right. know. So I've, I've kind of got an idea of, of stylistically where they're coming from. Okay. But what what I will do is really try and sort of you know check out the music as much as I can beforehand, and check out even you know a lot of their music that they they aren't going to play on that project. If you know what I mean, right. just to, just to get a feel for you know what what's the drummer doing here? What's uh-huh. you know how how is it? Does this artist like a drummer that sits a little bit on top of the beat or you right, know a bit right. behind and all yeah. that stuff and is it more of a, a groove sound? Is it more right. of a open jazz kind of kit sound uh-huh. that they, they, they prefer as an overall picture kind of thing? Right. Um, but yeah, yeah, I mean, usually I, I try and devote as much time as I can to to sure. uh, you know in advance just to really work on on any music that right. I have to. You got to do a deep dive into Body Ratchie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that must was, have been pretty amazing. It was, it was an amazing <coughs> experience. Yeah, um, it was uh, when we did the pro. I can't remember when that was, but that might be two thousand and nine, or, or maybe a bit later than that. I, uh-huh. I don't know. But anyway, we we did that. Um, so it was like three three gigs basically. But I, I took uh, at the time. I basically t- uh, took like the the month off, with <laughs> the exception of a couple of things, you uh-huh. know, uh, b- b- beforehand. Just to try and really, you know, as, as best I could, you know, really, how I did it was uh, like Buddy. Uh, he well, he wouldn't read charts that he didn't. Right. I don't think he re- read, but uh, so I, I didn't use any charts for, oh, for wow. that. So okay. I just built, uh, memorized, uh, you know. So that was hence the you know taking the month off yeah. and, and just to try and really digest it. And, uh-huh. and so it, that in itself, like learning the West Side Story thing mm-hmm. and uh, medley and and you know just all the other you know classics that he would do. Um, was was you know a kind of undertaking that I wanted, uh, almost out of respect for for Buddy. For do you know sure, what I mean? Yeah, I didn't, yeah. didn't want to you know because he's such a huge influence on me, especially when I was a kid. You know, just right. massive uh, influence. Um, yeah, so uh, I you know took a good bit of time off and and just really uh, was like 
playing all day every day kind well, of thing okay, for yeah. you know i was you know, I've, I've had little pockets in my life like that you know right. where i've really sort of went right all day kind of thing yeah. nine in the morning to wow. nine at night yeah. that's well, with obviously the breaks and stuff Aye. but uh don't, don't get me wrong i don't it's not like i do that all the time <laughs> no but, but uh, there have i have had little pockets Aye. like that must have been like a proper technique boost there eh? because you just have to like I mean, he was the king of the hill for yeah, so long, and yeah, yeah. so much of the language that um, gets played now has come from guys like him. Oh yeah, definitely. You it, know, this all that time spent just with the snare drum is you know, unbe- unbelievable. I mean, I, 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 my approach was that I, I'm never going to be Buddy Rich. Do you know <laughs> yeah, what I mean? It's, yeah, like, yeah. it's not. That's nah. just not going to. It's not going to happen. Nah. But I, I really wanted to do my best to sort of pay homage to yeah. you know somebody that look for so many of us was, was a as a hero and um but yeah i did i mean after that i did feel like certainly technically that in some aspects you know i'd, I'd sort of maybe jumped a little bit up af- after that and the was it the i, I sort of with the is it the the, the drum solo from where he guests with the Frank Sinatra big band, it's a concert concert of the Americas, I think. Right. It is. Okay. Um, I really sort of went to town just like trying to visually like tra- transcribe as best I, c- I could, yeah. you know, like, yeah. uh, but not not writing it down, just like yeah. trying to work on it, yeah. you know, bit by bit. Yeah. Uh, and I, I got a fair bit through it, you know, a fair bit through it, and but um, so th- I think that really helped just that constant sort of repeating process yeah. of trying to, you know, over that period it really helped me with, with with my hands at that. that yeah, point. for sure. I think there's, there's a I think there's a common misconception with him that he sold loads, but I think it was like one a night or something. Yeah, oh, man, he was. He was, um, was yeah. I think you know, it, it, he, Buddy can kind of get perceived as this like almost <coughs> like a the chops guy of his time. But if you actually listen to what he's playing, yeah. it's so musical. Yeah, it's yeah, like so sure. musical. Uh, you know, it's. Uh, um, yeah, it's, I, I've learned so much from just, you know, that one guy alone. There's a great clip of him playing trio with Michelle Petrucciani, and I think it's Dave Carpenter, he's playing Brushes. Really? Right. And it's just the best thing you've ever heard. Yeah. It's yeah. just so swinging, and he's he, he, like, they trade in fours and stuff. Right, okay. But it's never over the top. Right. But it's, it's just as over the top. It's, just, it's every yeah, yeah. bit as over the top as Buddy could get, should sure. be, you know, but sure. it's like. Yeah, I think he was perceived as this sort of. Um, he was. I mean, he was obviously a really bullish guy, but yeah, the whole thing was about him. But it wasn't really true. It was no, as, um, as it was about as much about the band as it was anything else. Definitely, yeah, you know, definitely. It was He's pretty amazing. So so musical and just you know could drive a band. Like, yeah, you know, just incredible. For sure. But I, I need to, I, I've heard a couple of things <coughs> when playing brushes in it. Yeah. It's so beautiful the way yeah. he plays it. I, I need to I need to check out. Yeah, more. I'll try and find the clip again. And because yeah, like it's it's with the band, but they're just playing trio. Right. I think it's Dave Carpenter playing bass. It was back when Dave Carpenter played with them. Oh right. Okay. Well. Wow. Uh, and it's great. Like, I think Dave Carpenter's like eighteen years old or something. Jeez. And it's just yeah, it's absolutely magic. Like. Right. Well, it's a side of Buddy Rich that nobody sees, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, of course. Because they just see, like, big swing face or something, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Adam has asked me to uh, ask you if you could explain some of the biggest moments of your career and some of your favourite gigs. Oof. So that uh, question's not a small question, I'm sorry. Big, biggest moments. Uh, wow. That's, um, that is a good question. I, 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 a little personal moment that for me was like blew my mind was like just having a... It, this was in a rehearsal. It was with the SNU, and, and uh, I've actually got a photograph of it somewhere. But um, of just like jamming with John Schofield, just myself and him. Oh wow! For I don't know, like five minutes, we uh. were just j- like jamming together, kind of thing. Uh-huh. Um, we we had this big sort of open section where it was just like drums and guitar, kind of like just you know, you know, going going for it. Um, 
and I, you know I was so nervous because <laughs> you know John Schofield's like you know musically one of one of my heroes you know yeah, sure. and, but he's super super lovely guy but but I think when I first started doing it I was like every four bars I was going like bang didn't, this is the Aye. this is the top of the four bars Aye. you know for for whatever reason and he he kind of didn't what he wanted it to feel like a big open right no no sort of eight bar or 16 bar feel to it right. sort of thing what it just to feel like it's a constant one right and uh and then he, he, that, that was like the only thing we talked discussed the, whole, the entire project and then I, we talked about it there and i went i'm sorry man i'm just quite nervous and he goes i'm nervous too man i'm nervous too <laughs> and uh so we we did that we jammed there for maybe like five minutes and he was just like loving it and oh, had, we had a great time yeah. and uh but that musically that that was an amazing experience like right. just just to work because i'd listened to so much yeah, of his yeah. music and you know bill stewart's one of my favorite uh, drummers as well you know yeah. and so um yeah yeah it was that that was definitely a highlight so was uh, it all schofield tunes you played yeah it right w- uh was was it i think so right as far as i can recall yeah yeah i think it okay. was yeah i think it was amazing. um so uh, yeah it was, that was really cool and um what was the other question sorry uh, he asked <laughs> what is your uh, what was it he said some of your biggest moments of your career and some of your favourite gigs alright okay uh, well that that would definitely be one of my favourite gigs as well um, yeah I think uh, going, going to you know uh, Japan with Eddie Reader was really amazing oh, wow. as well that was an amazing experience um, <coughs> just uh, and, and just musically as well how how uh, Free spirited, it mm-hmm. was as well. Just like how she would like just call songs that you didn't know on on, <laughs> <laughs> on the stage, but somehow you kind of got through it. Do you know uh, what I mean? It's yeah. like it's, it was it was an amazing experience, and and she she just fills you with confidence to do it. Do, right. you, do you know what I mean? So and, you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. So um, yeah, I, goodness me, I'm gonna. Well, I, I guess another one a huge experience for me was uh recording in avatar studios in, in new york mm-hmm. that was you know mind pretty mind-blowing to right. think who, who'd, who'd been in there and, mm-hmm. and and just you know as a kid you could have always you know, dreamt of sort of that new york thing yeah. you know like either living there or yeah, or, yeah. Or, or you know working there or whatever yeah. um so it was a little bit of a kind of wow i, yeah. I, can't, I can't believe i'm i'm here doing this right. you know and uh so it was it was pretty pretty and just the the kind of the list of players that were coming through like you know on that session as well as like, you know it was like Mike Stern Randy Brecker and like just all walking in and being as normal as anybody else yeah. you know what I mean just really cool and really nice uh, um, so that was a pr- that was pretty yeah, mind blowing yeah, experience that, that would be who was the engineer James uh, Farmer yes it was uh, it was yeah yeah and, see, I think he's in with the bricks in there eh? yeah and he had these he had two assistants that right. were doing a lot of the running about basically amazing but uh, he was cool he was super nice really, yeah really great. Is it, am I right saying they can change the panels in the room yeah 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 they so can. they can totally change how reflective it is and all yeah it was, it was an amazing setup. I bet it was man um, and just yeah the yeah, the, the the booth that I was in was just like as you know as big as most studios. Oh wow! Yeah. <laughs> but it was cool. It was really just a beautiful, beautiful one of those experiences you definitely don't take for granted. You know, oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. It's great. Kind of surreal, yeah. almost. You know. Yeah, absolutely. Because you, yeah, you were you there for a week or something? Because I think the the band were playing over there. The SNG were playing over there. Or something. Yeah. We, um, how did it work again? He's uh, playing the he's playing the Spirit of Duke or something. We're yeah, we're doing the Duke Ellington stuff. Yeah, yeah and uh, and. So it was kind of, kind of surreal playing all this, playing like, you know, rocking out with Mike Stern over a tune <laughs> called Splatch during the day. And then at night we went to like New York University and putting our, our little bow ties on and then playing the sort of music of Duke Ellington. I mean, so it was quite quite a contrast to, yeah. to go from that to that. But uh, yeah, incredible experience. Yeah, yeah that really. sounds it. Like, yeah. Um, do these guys just let you be? Like when you're playing, if you've got it like, you, I know you said that Schofield did, but like Sistern and all that. Did he just? He they, was, yeah, he was you, great. They kind of know you're there to do a job, and yeah, he was. He was absolutely. Br- he, he was just funny. He was yeah. great fun, you know. <laughs> and uh, uh, like he, he was like burst into and he goes, "Hey Tommy, can I get a chart?" And, I, and, and I can't really say it. So he's, <laughs> but there's nothing I can fucking read <laughs> like that, you know. So. I, <laughs> so so he was he was just <coughs> great, great fun, you know, really Sets cool. the tone straight away. Oh, brilliant, it? just oh, really, really funny, and 
and uh, again when he came over to do the, the, the project with the band he was just great fun yeah. you know just that is a mega player yeah a sweetheart total yeah. sweetheart you know do you have so. a dream gig um yeah i mean i've got i've got <sighs> like i'd love to play for tori amos right wow that's a cool gig I've, yeah, yeah. I've, I've wanted to be to play that since I saw her with um, Matt Chamberlain. What did you see that? Gig? I, did, wow. I saw it in Glasgow with Matt Chamberlain and John Evans, just three of them. I was right. like, "That's the gig. That yeah. would be amazing." Yeah, yeah, that would be incredible. Uh, Matt, Matt Chamberlain's really something, yeah, isn't he? He is. He's amazing, and especially on that stuff. I could imagine. I'd love to. That'd be a great gig to it see. It really was amazing. I. Yeah. Um, he was just. He's just the boss of that. Yeah. You know, without doing anything. Yeah, he's yeah, like yeah. the boss of that band. He totally runs it, Aye. Yeah. and he, he'll just play like boots and cats, right. and it's dead simple. Yeah, but it's just oh man, he really. They, I think those three's a unit. Were just yeah. amazing. I mean, he's he's done that for a long time now, hasn't he? I, I I don't think he does it anymore because I think that the past few star records she's done have been like solo records or concert records with the orchestra. Oh, is that right? Okay, so yeah, she's doing a slightly different thing. But yeah, he did like eight albums or something wow. crazy, yeah, yeah. and they range from weird electronic to just super rip back acoustic yeah 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 but that would be if I could pick any gig off the top of my hat I would do that yeah I'd love to do that gig right wow man well who knows <laughs> <laughs> that's where I'm going that's where I'm going now is I it alright okay we'll make cut this short eh <laughs> uh, I, I mean for the longest time you know it, it, like the I, I was so into you know I, I, st I still I love it but it's the uh, you know, it's like so many drummers in the world, like the, the Sting gig. Oh, okay. do, do you know right. what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. The, when, especially that I loved that band, uh, the era with it was Dominic Miller, mm -hmm. uh, um, <coughs> uh, Vinny, of yeah. course, and and uh, David Sanctious. Uh -huh. um, that era of the band was just yeah. wow. You yeah. know, so that as a kid, that was another one of those. You know. The Sting in Oslo uh, thing. Yeah. It was on Channel Four. I taped it. And I was like, you know, when I was, <laughs> when I was a kid, tape, and it was just round over, yeah, over and over and over and over. It's, uh, you know, and, and you know, even when I watch that concert to this day, it's, it's Vinny is just Aye. unbelievable. He's a mega. Yeah. I remember Ryan Ross used to have uh, the opening of Mercury Fallen as his alarm clock. <laughs> you know that double stroke roll <laughs> yeah, right yeah, at the beginning yeah, of the yeah. record. Wow, that, that was Ryan's alarm. Oh, that's brilliant. Aye, so it's like total drum nerd, yeah, but yeah. absolutely, like just the cleanest double stroke roll you ever did here. Wake <laughs> it's up. so great. Yeah, it's Aye. so brilliant. Yeah. That's a good way to ease into totally, the day, man. right enough. Totally. <laughs> um, but yeah, that would be an amazing gig. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it's, 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 it, but you know, to Vinny on that gig is just so ridiculous. Yeah, he's, he's so amazing. He's crazy. Um, I think again, another gig would be the Peter Gabriel thing. You know, it's oh, the, really? the oh, thing, wow. yeah. thing, Peter Gabriel yeah, thing. Yeah, for you know, sure. You know, just in terms of this, I love the song so much. Yeah, and, you know, uh, and again, Manu you know, was, uh, yeah, yeah, and, and and I really like the guy Jed Lynch that played. You played on oh, the yeah. oh. like growing up tour, and I think he did. I don't know if he did the double thing with. I think Sting and Peter Gabriel did a double tour. Yeah, that's right? right. I think you're right. Aye. I I think right? we d aye, they went out yeah. together. Aye. But I sadly couldn't I couldn't get to see that. But uh, that's right. That was like a few years ago, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But Jed, Jed Lynch is great. I think he he played with that band. Uh, Black Grape for, for Oh really? I think so oh, I think wow. so I might, I might be There's speaking out of turn there but yeah. yeah yeah No that sounds familiar actually I think yeah. he, I think he played with them but Well there you go You know that's you know I'm I, I, I think I, I I've totally got you know dreams to play with, with artists and musicians mm -hmm. and stuff mm -hmm. uh, I'm tr I'm trying my best to sort of recognize that I'm kind of lucky you know to 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 be doing what I'm doing just now as well do you know what I mean so oh, for I, sure. I, you know so it's really but you know, I totally, totally have those those dreams. I think they're they're, yeah. they're important. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Because I think they all too often get missed, and they can keep you behind the instrument. Actually, yeah, sure. For sure. me, you know, I grew up. It's no secret. I grew up listening to Smashing Pumpkins were my thing growing up. Like yeah. Jimmy Chamberlain was absolutely my hero. Right. Okay. And the amount of times just putting a record on has got me back playing again. Yeah. You know, yeah, just yeah, kind of yeah. stoked the fire a wee bit. Absolutely. And it's like it's like a little bit of home. Yeah, when I listen to that music, it sounds a bit weird, but I just I'm so comfortable with that music. Oh, I, I know that music saying. inside out. Like, yeah. you know, when you cop all their chops and you learn yeah. all their their stuff, you know, like I could play every album. Sure, right. Okay, knew yeah. all the songs, like, because I, I found the band as I found the drums. Uh -huh. I got into both at exactly the same time. Is that right? Okay. Yeah, and, and he was one of the first players I had heard, and I was like, 
I don't know what that is, but I want to do you that. You want to do that? Yeah, 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 it's amazing, you know. So I think it's it's really important. And did you have a kit in the house when you first yeah, started playing? Yeah, I did because the old man had one. Right, right, okay. So because my yeah, yeah. my dad was a drummer, so right, yeah. so there was always drums in my house. That's Great. why, like, that's why gigging is normal to me. It's, uh, it's in your blood. To Aye, you, like yeah, yeah. you must see it as well. Bringing your dad bringing keyboards home at two in the morning is like yeah. the most normal thing in the world. Yeah, absolutely. So like crossing the door with drums is just. Yeah, you don't you don't know any different. No, you know what I mean? they would wake you up coming home. You would hear the band bringing the drums in, and they would be having a laugh, and it would be the most normal thing in Great, the world. Man, brilliant. Yeah. Um, I think it's to have all that should it's perfectly perfectly normal. I think that it's it's kind of it's not stressed often no. enough. You know. Yeah, yeah. I would when I used to teach young kids, it was like find go and find something. Yeah, I think so, it's missing. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's something that draws you in. Do you know what I mean? For like, sure. Like, you for know, sure. for me, it was you know. Uh, actually, it was Roger Taylor from Queen oh, and, and yeah. Mitch Mitchell. Uh, Mitch Mitchell at yeah. the same time, you yeah. know. They, those two guys just I made like me polar work. opposites as well. I know, I know. It's really, but I don't know. Just at the same time, they just made me want to practice, you know. Yeah, and, uh, for sure. You know, uh, yeah, try to play fire and all oh, that. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, my, my poor parents having to hear <laughs> me playing Foxy Lady on the beat. Bashing away, but yes, uh, it's, it's yeah, absolutely. If that that was the kind of, and that in mm. a way led me round to sort of you know sort of my dad sort of saying, oh, have you heard this? Not f- forcing me around, yeah. but just you know check out you know some Oscar Peterson. Or, yeah, you know, for sure. And I was like, wow, that's that's Aye. great. You know that you know uh, I, like Night Train became like my my going to oh, bed amazing. album and oh, stuff. You know, when I was like, you know I didn't really know what was going on, but I, I just loved. Yeah. The sound the of it, sound and yeah. connect it, you know. So. I remember I would listen to like the old, I've still got them, the old man's vinyls, and I've got big swing face on vinyl, like oh, an original yeah, copy really? on vinyl. Wow, cool. And um, like Louis Belson's Matterhorn and all these wow. like all these old school yeah, buddy yeah. and Louis records that put on, and like again, just you don't know what it is, uh-huh. but it sounds amazing. Yeah, yeah Ginger Baker's Air Force with Ginger Baker and Phil Seaman doing a double drum solo. Oh man, I, I need to check that out. I've never, uh, yeah, uh, be it's a li- live at the Albert Hall. Right. And it, they do Toad, which was a Cream song. Okay. And Toad was always a, a sort of feature for Ginger. But the two of them go head to head and it's amazing. I'd love to hear that with Phil Seaman as yeah, well. Yeah, it's great, you know. man. I'll, I'll dig it out. And, and have you got a vinyl player? Yeah, no, I don't. But right. I'm getting one. Right. Okay, well, let me know when you do it and I'll, and I'll, I'll pass it up because cool. it's, it's really worth a listen. Like, it's, it's worth a listen for that track. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's just amazing. And I would like try and learn what they were doing. And yeah. A Ginger Baker, man, he was ridiculous. <laughs> Maniac. Yeah. But, yeah, like crazy, but I, amazing. <laughs> I, I, I mean, these guys all, they, they changed a lot of how the drums were even thought of. Yeah. From sort of Gene Krupa. You can almost pinpoint it to these guys. Yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah. Um, did, did Phil Seaman not teach Ginger Baker or yeah, something? Yeah, that's like, right. That they, that were, right? Yeah. I, they were they were old friends and old, yeah, yeah. Uh, and he he was one of the few people I think that Ginger actually looked up to. Right. Yeah. yeah you know, yeah, like yeah. you, he would talk about you know, you see all these guys on the on the on the records and like listen to all these guys on records, but have you checked out this guy? Right. Yeah, who yeah, nobody's yeah. ever heard of? Right. Who's playing like working man's clubs and all that? Yeah, totally. Just totally. he's a monster, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Amazing. Amazing. So what's next, man? What, do you know what, what's going on? Um, well, I'm uh, going. I've got some going to Norway uh, beginning of March with SNGO for I think it's either two or three gigs. Um, then uh, the following week, I'm, uh, what am I doing? It's I'm doing a, a, a big band gig uh, in Ronnie Scott's the following week, um, and the. The, the amazing singer it's like uh, <coughs> Amy Stewart is going to be singing oh, wow. that, but that, oh. that gig so that's that's another one off hopefully you know if I, you know I'll go, uh, it'll be another one off the, the so what, what music are you playing for that uh, you know something I don't even know yet I don't <laughs> right. even know uh, it's it's Ryan Quigley that's, that's oh, wow. he's, okay. he's doing all right. the arrangements yeah Ryan's stuff. great man so yeah he's, he's asked me just to, to nip down and do it so yeah really looking forward to right. that and um, yeah I'm, I'm Sort of o- over the coming months, I've, I've got you know some gigs uh, with uh, well the SNGO stuff. We're we're doing a project with Joe Locke, the Vibes uh, player, yeah. where he's he's doing like arrangements of like songs that he loved as you know. As, oh wow. So we're doing it's really cool. It's like a lot of it's like Earth, Wind and Fire, oh, and, and yeah. so it's gonna be a lot of real groove stuff. Yeah. And he's actually uh, 
one of my favourite tracks as a kid that I used to play along to was Moby Dick, you know, by Led oh, Zeppelin. You know, no way. so he's he's done a big band arrangement wow. for that. So I, I cannot wait. Aye, to do that'll, that. be that'll be amazing. Be great fun. Aye. Um, so that's uh, begin. Is it, oh, it's April sometime anyway. Right. But um, then uh, doing some more stuff with Capper Cayley throughout the right. year. Um, I've just been kind of covering for a great drummer uh, Che uh, Beresford. That, mm-hmm. uh, been doing that. So Covering basically for the last sort of year or so, and, right? Um, so we've got some stuff over the course of the year with that, which is always is that you in on bass, you in Verno, uh-huh, yeah, yeah. Oh man, former wow. Deacon Blue fame yeah. for those of you that don't know, just a, a phenomenal player, yeah. phenomenal musician, yeah, and just a great guy. He's yeah. really cool, you know. It's just a, a fun hang, you know. Yeah, a bit. He's what I've known you since I was maybe thirteen, for when I just oh, started right, playing. Okay, as well. Wow, okay, yeah. amazing. And he was always because he used to teach. Uh, along with Sandro, actually, the great Sandro Chancho, uh, the it was like the Saijo training band thing that right. I, I, I used to go to on a Sunday morning, and you would take the bass players, and Sandro oh, would take, right. take us. Wow, actually, you say Ryan Ross. Ryan Ross oh, was there. We, we used to get lessons at the same time. Amazing. Another, you know, Ryan. Ah, yes. you know, yeah, he great. was. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, um, but yeah, you and Vernal's on that, and he's great. yeah, he's just a phenomenal uh, uh, bass player. And, uh-huh. Yeah, he's he's touring a lot with this amazing uh, flamenco guitar. Vicente Vicente um, uh, amigo. I might have got that wrong. I don't know. But, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he's ridiculous. But he's he's doing a lot of touring. Right. Around, but uh, how do you decide? Just a, a gear nerd question. How do you decide what drums to take out for these things? Because you've got quite a big kit now. Yeah, you got yeah, a big uh, Yamaha thing with like three bass drums and all that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's one of those things. I, I usually it's just. You know, depending on the situation, a lot of the times with the the Capper Cayley thing, it's I think I've only ever really done one one gig with them in the UK, and it's and, <laughs> and there was right. a kit provided for okay. that. Do you know what I mean? Right. So, uh, so out of pure laziness, I just oh, yeah, I just use what's there pretty much. But um, but you, usually, if you know, for 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 a session type thing or whatever, I, I'll I'll take the you know. Uh, I'll, I'll probably just use the, the 22 right. inch kick and, uh-huh. and, and take the off of your 10, 12, 14, 16, right. ah, yeah. you know, and just take them just to cover cover bases. Uh-huh. And some some engineers prefer it, no no 10 inch Tom. Right. And then some prefer it, you know, are happy to use all of them. Some people just want two Toms, you know, right. depending. Yeah, yeah. I've kind of, you know, with people that you kind of work with regularly, you kind of figure out where they're coming from from a comfort sure. point of view and uh, where they want to get something up running quickly, you yeah, know. Yeah. So. Um, you know, you kind of pick your battles in that regard. Uh-huh. You know, if I've found, um, I take it you can't really be precious either, can you? Nah, nah. It's, and uh, you know, I'm, uh, you know, I'm kind of open to sort of. Usually, you find like an, an end. I don't know. This is only from my perspective, anyway. But you know, you usually find that engineers have their kind of way, comfort ways of, uh-huh. of getting a really, a really fantastic sound. And right. you kind of know, oh, this engineer loves it really tuned like this uh-huh. or blah, yeah, yeah, blah, yeah. or, you know, some engineers, you can leave the drums wide open and they'll deal with, you know, depending yeah, yeah, yeah. on the musical circumstance. Right. And, okay. Um, but yeah, for, for something, let's say like the Capper Cayley thing, if I were taking my kit out, it would be, you know, a, I probably would get away with you know the 10 12 14 I probably would, right, okay. and, and the 22 inch kick uh-huh. and, and just uh, you know I, I kind of roughly have the same setup just like three cymbal stands you know yeah, and, uh, yeah. you ride two crashes um shoot in uh, yeah just keeping it keep it keep it nice and easy yeah, you know for sure uh, or maybe I'm just lazy I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> cool man well I mean I think that's all really uh, that's been really insightful oh. Thanks, um, thanks where can me. people find you? Are you? Do you do the social media? Do you have a website? Do you have like where can they buy your records? That yeah. kind of thing. Oh, um, well, I've got a website. It's uh, alancoskar.co.uk. Right. Uh, just all one word, and yeah, you can find out, you know, about my album and stuff there, and uh, you can check it out uh, on Spotify as well. It's mm-hmm. on there, um, and the album's called KPF. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm on. Uh, my band has a, a, a Facebook page, mm-hmm. yeah, the Al- mm-hmm. just the Alan Cosca group. If you, right. up, if you want to check out and find out what we're what we're doing, um, yeah, on Instagram, all that stuff. Cool. You know? Okay. Well, so, I'll link yeah. all when we put this on the internet. I'll link all these places in so people can find them quite Brilliant. easily. But okay. uh, thanks for coming in, man. Really it's been appreciate a pleasure. it. Yeah, I, a I have to say congratulations on the shop as well. Oh, wow, thanks, man. It's really phenomenal. Yeah, thank you very much. It's my first chance to see it, and it's uh, really amazing. So great. congratulations no. to all you guys. Thank you, man. And uh, we'll catch you soon. Great, thanks. Cheers, Alan. Cheers. Hi.